Welcome to this episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint Podcast with your host, Brad Johnson. Brad's the VP of Advisor Development at Advisors Excel, the largest independent insurance brokerage company in the U.S. He's also a regular contributor to Investment News, The Wall Street Journal, and other industry publications. Welcome to the Elite Advisor Blueprint, the podcast for world-class financial advisors. My name is Brad Johnson, and I'm the VP of Advisor Development at Advisors Excel. And it's my goal to distill the best ideas and advice from top thought leaders and apply it to the world of independent financial advising. In this episode, I talk with Pete Vargas, aka The Stage Whisperer, who since 2003 has been responsible for booking over 20,000 stages at events worldwide. He's the founder and CEO of Advance Your Reach, And besides being the nicest guy I think I've ever met, he dropped some serious knowledge on this episode about how you as a financial advisor can book local stages in your backyard that you probably didn't even know existed. Oh, and it doesn't require a 10,000 piece mailer or a Roos Chris steak dinner either. So here are just a few highlights from our conversation. Pete starts off with his story about how a speaker literally changed the trajectory of his life and how it led him to what he does today. Next, we cover Pete's story braid framework and how following its four steps will help you connect, educate, and best of all, convert your audience. Then Pete uncovers the thousands of opportunities advisors have nationwide to land local speaking gigs that, from my experience, most of you aren't taking advantage of and probably don't even know exist. The best part, they're often free, don't require direct mail or buying dinner, and you can handpick your ideal prospects. Groups that consist of business owners, CEOs, doctors, lawyers, or dentists, to name just a few. Lastly, Pete does a live role play of the exact conversation he used to land a speaking gig at the White House for one of his clients and how you can use the same framework to book stages in your own backyard. Okay, get the notepad ready because not only is this episode jam-packed with actionable content, but Pete literally gifted all you Blueprint listeners a ton of tools to put his ideas into action including a PDF overview of his StoryBraid framework, a phone script for booking local stages, a seven-minute example video of how to find local organizations seeking speakers, and a bunch more. All of this is available right at the top of the show notes at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash 28. That's 28. Links to everything else there too. Books mentioned, people discussed, as well as a complete transcript of the show. One last big announcement before we get to the show, and a huge thank you to all of you listeners who have supported my show from the very early days. We've just finalized an agreement to feature our show's content in bi-weekly articles exclusively at wealthmanagement.com. So you'll start seeing a breakdown of some of the biggest takeaways of our past shows. And most importantly, our goal is to give you a simple framework to put these ideas into action in your own practice. I literally just submitted the first article, which will feature an idea shared from Ron Carson on how he landed his first billionaire client. So we'll be sure to send it out to all of you who have subscribed to our email list as soon as it goes live. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed yet, you can do it by visiting bradleyjohnson.com forward slash subscribe. So you're notified anytime a new episode goes live or we have a new article hit. As always, thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Pete Vargas. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint. I have special guest Pete Vargas III, founder and CEO of Advance Your Reach. Welcome to the show, Pete. Hey, man. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been just a bit. We were hanging out in Carmel 
out at Jason Gaynard's Mastermind Talks. So it was cool to actually get a chance to meet in person. I know we have a ton of mutual friends. Had some good conversation on kind of really your specialty. So they call you the Stage Whisperer. How did you come about getting that nickname? Oh, man, I don't know. I, you know, we are... Um, very, very passionate about stages, man. We're really, really passionate about stages. Um, I was a youth pastor in Texas and uh, I got called. I had the opportunity to go into the corporate world or I had the opportunity to go and take over as youth pastor for this small little West Texas youth group. And um, I chose to go there. It was crazy. And I went there and had no theology background and just thought, I'm going to bring speakers in to come speak to my kids because my youth group was only three kids the first Wednesday night when I showed up. Mm. So I would bring in all these speakers. I'd bring in financial advisors. I'd bring in stay-at-home moms. I'd bring in CEOs, entrepreneurs. I wanted my kids to understand um, all of the different values that I hoped for them in their life that I wished I would have had as a young kid myself. And so growing up in a really broken family, I just, uh, my, my pastor was encouraged because I'd bring in all these powerful speakers and I really did bring in financial advisors and they'd shared with my kids and then my kids would get motivated and inspired to change. And so when I went to the church board and said, I need a million dollars to build a youth facility here in West Texas to provide something for these kids. Um, and my kids have already given tens of thousands of dollars. My, my church board and my pastor were blown away. Well, they had given so much money because they had heard about finances from CEOs, entrepreneurs, financial advisors. And so it was amazing because we raised the money to build this youth facility. And through this process, I heard all of these speakers, Brad, and I heard all these speakers that would come in and they're like, man, I know I've got something powerful that can change people's lives. I just don't know how to get it out there. And I don't know how to get it out there. And I, I would just, I would give them some feedback and give them some advice. I would tell them what I would do if I were in their shoes to get on in front of more stages and more of their ideal buyers in front of more of their ideal buyers and customers. But I didn't go do it for any of them because I was a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the speakers who came in, his daughter was the first girl killed at Columbine. And he, just like everybody else, was struggling to get his message out there. And he wanted to impact education and corporations. That's who he wanted to impact. He wanted to impact the climate and culture of those two. And so he came and once again, I encouraged him just like I had done all of the other speakers. And uh, long story short, I heard him one Friday morning in Hereford, Texas. And I was on the front row of Hereford High School. And his final challenge was, uh, you need to go let um, your family and friends and your loved ones know how much you love them because you have no idea how long they'll be around. And I thought, wow, you know, this is coming from a man who lost his daughter. And I thought, cool, my, 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 my wife, which was my girlfriend at the time, my grandmother, um, my, my uh, best friend. And then he gave that little dagger that so many great people do. He said, and some of those people you're not in good standings with today. And all I could think about was my dad. That's all I could think about. Uh, because my dad was an extremely verbally and physically abusive dad growing up. And so I thought, I've got to get my dad back to the parent event tonight. I have to get him back to the parent event tonight. And so went home, begged and pleaded my dad to come back that night. We hadn't had a good relationship at all. My grandmother had taken me away from him in, in my teenage years because of uh, what was going on in our life. And we hadn't made amends. And I had tried everything, dude. I had tried counseling and church and his siblings constantly telling him to make things right. And that night after my dad heard this man speak, um, it prompted him to go home and write me a multiple page letter. And he said, 
here my son is having an impact on hundreds of kids' lives and I can't have an impact on my only son's life. I'm sorry for the father I've been. I'm asking for a second chance to do things right. And he, he told me he loved me for the first time in over a decade. And uh, my wife and I were crying. We were weeping. We were just like, holy cow. So I picked up the phone. I called that speaker. Daryl, I solicited his cell phone number. And I said, why are you not sharing this message with everybody across the world? Why aren't you in front of more people? And, he's, and he told me the same thing that all of those speakers that I brought. And I brought over two dozen speakers into my youth group. We grew from three kids to 750 kids my last Wednesday night, all from powerful speakers. And he told me the same thing all of them told me. I don't know how to get it out there. And so I told him, I was a young, naive 23-year-old that day. And I said, Daryl, I'm going to figure this out for you. And over the last 13 years, we've been directly responsible for booking over 25,000 stages across the world. And so that's probably uh, the reason why other people, which I'm glad it's not me, but other people have begun to call me the stage whispers because we figured out how to book stages, but better yet, how to leverage those stages for people to truly build their business and make an impact that goes deeper. Wow. Talk about finding your niche through a really powerful way to find it. I mean, that's... Yeah. So you were 23 when you were kind of reconnecting with your dad and it was a speaker's message from the stage that hit home with him where really nothing else to that point had really done it. Yeah, nothing, man. Nothing, nothing. And that's what I... That's the trend I saw with my kids too. Like... I could, they would, there would be someone come in and talk about health and wellness and it would just trigger in their arts. And there'd be somebody come and talk about financials and financial planning and financial advising and how to be wise and how to be a giver. And then all of a sudden we would start taking tithes and offerings on Wednesday night church youth group, not the main time, but in the youth group. And my kids would just give. And I was like blown away the first like offering we raised just in our kids. So yeah, I mean, nothing, a lot of times, People, I mean, I believe 60 minutes can catalyst something powerful powerful for folks. And yeah, so that's what it did. Something in 60 minutes catalyst my dad and I, uh, my dad to go home and write that letter and, and mail it to me. You know, it was really crazy. He didn't drop it off. He mailed it to me. Like he, he yeah, so it, it was pretty powerful. And I remember you sharing, I think it was a podcast I listened to. You took him that night with this kind of expectation of, this is going to really hit home with him. And then it was like, he didn't say anything at that actual event. And it was a few days later that he actually, where you saw how much it impacted him. So that was a lesson for you. You shared of just kind of an entrepreneurial lesson of it's not always about the instant gratification of what these events do right out of the gates, but the lasting impact they make. Bro, that's, that's so relevant to the people here too. It's, it's, um, you know, I, I I didn't get into the depth of it, but that night there were over a thousand people at that parent event, like right, just shy of a thousand, but you know, thousand out of 10,000, we got pretty much the majority of the people in the, you know, a huge percentage of the people in the community out to this evening event. And my perception that night after the man's, after Daryl spoke and shared his message with that audience is that every parent and grandparent in that auditorium were hugging their kids and their grandkids. Um, but my dad wasn't. That's my perception now. I'm sure every one of them weren't. But I thought, man, if this can't make my dad want to tell me he loves me and ask for forgiveness, I don't know what is. And a lot of the times we don't see it right away. We don't see things right away, like instantly. Like I wanted to see it right then and there. Well, it was a couple of weeks later. My dad had to go home. He had to process. And, and it's just like a lot of people who were in front of. 
but he had to go process. And as he processed, he reflected. And as he reflected, he wrote the letter that quite frankly changed his life and changed our relationship forever. So, so yeah, it's a lot of times too. I just, if, 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 the advi- if, if your advisors will do the things that they need to do and make sure that, you know, they lay it all out there and that they're great every time that they're in front of people, because my promise is by the time we're done today, Brad, like the advisor, people listening to this, they're going to be able to go book a, a, a stage in their local market that they don't have to pay for, like maybe even get paid. So let's go there because the anticipation, (laughs) like just you teasing it that little bit, they're like, okay, let's not wait. Just tell me now. So let's set this up a little bit. Most of our clients, they're great marketers. You know, they're doing live events very frequently throughout the month. A lot of them have radio shows. A lot of them have TV shows. A lot of them are doing systematic referral events to engage their clients and for them to bring their friends. But let's hone in on the public events because I would say the typical framework, there's one of two ways, which you're going to blow their minds that there's this third way they didn't even know about. It's typically, I'll host an evening at Roos Chris. I'll put on some nice dinners. And then I'm going to basically share an hour of education. And then for those of you, it makes sense, book an appointment to come see me. There's another framework where it's more of an educational-based event where they might have it at a local community college. And they might actually teach a class a couple nights, a couple three-hour sessions. And then from there, if you'd like to come in and discuss your one-on-one, let's book an appointment. So there's this third way. And we're having this conversation out in Carmel. I'm like, dude, this is so brilliant. So go into what you've done, the 25,000 plus stages you've booked over the last decade plus and how financial advisors are completely missing the boat by not even knowing it exists. Because it was news to me when we started talking about it. Yeah, man. So I kind of get, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning in a little bit. I get excited. And, and, and hey, I will have some visuals and I'll have some, uh, some amazing things to give away. So anything we referenced in this that I am not able to like show or any gifts, I'll just give them to the group here. So yes. So I believe there are three components that you have to have in your business as a financial advisor to make sure that when I do get you to stage here, um, that you maximize that stage too. Okay. So I want to, I want to set the framework correctly. I'll talk about number one and I'll come back around to number one. Maybe we can come back to number one at the end and, and I'll talk about number two, but we'll dive right into number three. So number one, I believe, I believe, I honestly believe through what I'm about to show you through stages that you can add six and seven figures to your business. I, I, I truly believe that. I believe the most powerful way is stages. And yes, your own stage, but meaning that you pay for. So that Ruth Chris dinner, plus the mailers, plus all of that probably cost them eight to $10,000. Is that yeah. right? I'm just, I'm, I mean, I've been to two or three of them. I do the math in my head. Yeah. And so, um, so let's, let's flip that upside down here in just a second. But there are three things that you have to do really, really well to you speaking in your business. To you speaking in your business, you have to be great in front of people. You have to have... You have to compel them to want to go deeper with you. And we use a proprietary process called the Story Braid Framework. It still allows you to educate, 
But the problem is too many financial advisors, because I've been to about five of these, maybe 10 of them, and there's only one of them that resonated with me. And it's because he connected with my heart right out of the gates. And then he closed with the heart at the very end. And that's our whole framework. And we'll come back to that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as much as we need to. But we, we want people to design a signature talk that has the story braid framework into it. Here's the thing. People, people don't care that you don't win their heads until you win their hearts. And once you win their hearts, their minds are open to listen to all the education that you can provide. And so I want to, I want to at least hit on that at the end because I want people to understand how to walk through that story braid framework. And actually, Brad, if you don't mind, I might just for two minutes tell, I'll just give people the quick overview of that. Is that all right? Since we're here, keep rolling, buddy. Okay. So here's what you want to do here. When you design a presentation, a signature presentation, and I know, I know the advisors have their presentations and I know that a lot of them are very educational and some of them are inspirational, but here's the, here's the three components that make an incredible presentation. Number one, I want it to be inspirational. Number two, I want it to be educational. And number three, I want it to convert. It has got to convert. And Here's what the story braid framework does. And I'm going to tell you only about 2% of people, I've seen over a thousand speakers. I'm, and I'm, I, I lump financial advisors into there. I've seen probably 50 ad- financial advisors in my lifetime speak. And I'm telling you, there's one or two that just absolutely knocked it out of the park. They were great. Whether they're on a podcast or they're on a live stage, they were great. And here's what they do. They lead in with the heart. That is the first piece. There's four pieces to the Story Braid framework. It starts with the heart. People want to know that you've walked in their shoes and they want to know that you know how they feel. They want to know that. And if they know you understand how they feel and that you've walked in their shoes, you've now put down every guard that they have up against you. Oh, this guy's going to sell me something. This lady's going to sell me something. As soon as they understand that you've walked in their shoes and you know how they feel, AKA the hero's journey story. That is when they lay down all of the walls. They, they get rid of all of the, they go from this kind of mentality, which you've seen them in your audiences mm-hmm. to this kind of mentality, because they know you realize that you've been where they're at, or you have a client that's been where they're at. It doesn't have to be you. Now here's the beautiful thing as you lead with story, like right off the bat, I'm going to tell you how much percentage time you spend in each of these four areas. Then you go into the head because once you've got their hearts, their minds are opened up. Their minds are open. And here's the transition from the heart to the head. This is critical that people get this. As soon as you've connected with them, not before, as soon as you've connected with them, there's a transition thing, just like you transition from one paragraph to another. There's a transition thing in between the heart and the head, which is your highlight reel. So you, you human connect through the hero's journey by grabbing their hearts right off the bat. And then you, you share a highlight reel. It's the success stories of what you've seen in your clients' lives. And now I want to show you my three or five part signature system of how we, how you can get results in your life as well. So after you go from the heart, you use the highlight reel to now transition into your signature um, system. 
And every financial advisor needs to have their own signature system. I call it a proprietary process. Make it yours. Don't, you know, I love what Advisors Excel does for their advisors, but I, I, I want every one of the advisors and I love what advisors do, but I want every advisor to have their own proprietary process. It is your way of doing business. It's basically saying, if you do this in your, in your life, you will see the results that you want. And so the second piece is the head. It's teaching them your proprietary process, teaching them what they need to do to get the results in their life. Because remember, the only difference between you and them, you've been where they've been, but you've come out, the hero's journey says that you've come out on the other end and your highlight reel reveals to them that you came out on the other end and now they want to know the difference between where they're at in their lives and, and how you've gotten the results that you've gotten. And here's the big mistake that everybody makes. They try to brag before they've connected with the human being. And that is not, it does not work in, in, in our society today. Like people want to know, want to connect before you brag. So make sure they do that. But in the head part, you talk and you teach around your signature process. Mm-hmm. And each piece of your signature process, each piece of it, you reconnect it with either story, data, case study, analytics, a quote, video, you drive each piece of your signature process home. I typically say it's three to five. I like the three to five. I've seen people do seven, six, four. I'm a three to five type of guy. I just think that everything you do can fall under three to five big pillars. And each of those pillars, you drive it home after you've taught it with something that's heart-related one time, but then something case study or financially driven or or data-driven, not financially, data-driven the next time, because then you're speaking to both the left brain and the right brain as you drive home your signature process. So that's, that's the, that's the signature system in your company. Like that is the head part. People want to know how you've gotten the results. And so that's what you're teaching them how to do. And here's what I want you to know. If you are great at teaching this, they have two decisions to make when they done, when you're done talking. Yes, I believe in that signature system. This person has walked where I've walked. He understands how I feel. She understands how I feel. I either have to go do this on my own. Because you've laid it all out for them, or I have to, I need to go do that with them. I'm sure they can get me the results a lot faster than I can get on my own. And so that's the head piece. That's the second piece. And so now we've, we've went to the heart. We went to the head. Now we need to, we need hands. We want them to take action. We want them to take action. And so what do you do to get them to take action? Well, there's two things. It's called a tactical call to action and an emotional call to action. And during the middle of your presentation, I love the last piece of your, your process to be your strongest teaching piece. So your signature system, make sure the last piece that you teach to the head is your strongest piece. And what you do is you give away something that they would pay for while you're teaching it. So like today, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm going to show you how to win a stage. I'm going to show you how to win a stage today here in just a few minutes. The problem is I can't teach you all 10 steps of it today. I can only teach you one step of it today because of our time here today. But I have a free giveaway that will teach you all 10 steps of it. And so when I'm on a stage 
I teach stages last because I want to give away that free giveaway while I'm teaching it. Like in the midst of teaching it, I want to be able to give it away. It doesn't feel like a lead capture because it's in, it's congruent with what I'm currently teaching. And so I give away that piece because I want to capture the names in the room. And if you do this well, you will capture 80 to 90% of the people in the room. 80, 90% of the people in the room. When this is not your room, we're, we're assuming, like Brad said, this right. is the third room. This is not your room. We want you to capture 80 to 90% of them. And so that is the first thing is you've got to have a tactical call to action that gives them something away for free. And then if you really want to get, if you really want to get like, uh, and I know this is a smart, like a really smart group. I've done my homework and it's amazing. If you really want to get kind of, uh, uh, advanced, make a promise of something that you can, that you can, uh, a win that they can get in their life. So the second tactical thing, like if you can do this in your presentation, make a promise on the front end of a win that you're going to get them by the time you're done presenting today. Did anybody hear my promise at the front end of my presentation today? Yeah, I made a promise that you can go book a stage in your local market in the next day or two if you really want to. So if there's a promise that you can make to them in their life, uh, like some promise. So now you've given them away for something for free. And, and if you make that promise, you better make sure you can give them the resource to be able to go do that, which I'm going to do for you today. But those, that's what you want to do in the hand section is give away something for free so we can actually collect their names and get them a win in their life. That's what we want to do with the hands section. So that's the third piece. It's the hands section. And then the fourth piece of the proprietary process is the heart. You close with the heart. Open loop something from the beginning of your presentation that you now can close the loop on on the back end. Open loop something that you can close loop on the back end. And And now you close the loop on an opening story. You bring your opening story or some piece of your opening story full full closure. And so I talk about where my dad and I are at today. And I talk about how my dad had another son at 49 and my mom was for my stepmom was 48. And when I went home to meet my baby brother for the first time, my dad walks me out to the car And he takes my wife, lets her get in the car, takes me to the other side. And he says, I want you to know you'll always be my little boy, but I feel like JT is my second chance to get to do things right. And I then share with the crowd as I'm closing, had it not been from a speaker on a stage, not only would my dad have not gotten a second chance to do things right with JT, he also has become the greatest grandfather to Keaton, me and Emma that you can even imagine. And that was because of the power of a stage. And so that's how I close the loop on the opening story that y'all heard me tell today. And so close the loop. I'm telling you, you're one signature talk away from being the highest closer in the inspirer and educator out there. And so here's what I want you to know. Those are the four pieces. 10% of your time, general rule of thumb, 10% of your time is spent on that, 10 to 20% of your time is spent on that opening heart. 60 to 70% of your time is spent on educating, meaning the head. And then 10% on the hands, 10% on the closing heart. 
That's just a general rule of thumb. So if you have 30 minutes, you can use those those percentages to actually design your signature talk. I need y'all just to have one great signature talk because when you have all of those pieces, when you just are educational and you only speak to the head, you're boring. And when you only speak to the heart, all you are is an entertainer. You make people cry and laugh, but that's it. Most people think great presenters do both the head and the heart. Well, that's the third level. If you think about a pyramid, that's the third level of it, but it doesn't change. People don't change. They only change when they go deeper with you. That's when they change. And that's why the hands part is as important to get them to convert. That's what makes a great speaker. The top 2% are those that can do all three of those pieces, the, the heart, the head, the hands the heart. And so that's the framework, Brad. I know I went a little bit longer on that, but here's the thing. I'm going to, we'll short circuit the stages, but if people don't have one great signature talk that does all of those things, they're not going to convert. And as Zig Ziglar said, I've been on a lot of stages in my life. And if I don't believe that in 45 minutes, I can change people's lives. But if they buy my tapes and cassettes, I have a chance at changing their lives. And so that's why I want people to be able to convert from a stage because if they go deeper with the advisors and their services, I'm just letting you know my life's changed right now because of the policies and the life insurances and all of the stuff that I have in sort with my financial advisor. And I would have never had that had I not gotten deeper with them. And so I want people to go deeper with them. And that's why um, it's really important to, to design one incredible signature talk. That's it. So that was huge. Thanks for sharing all that. I know people pay you money to share that and you just gave it away for free here. So thank you. Yeah, um, man. Blueprint listeners, that was huge. If you didn't get that as Pete was going through all that. So we'll make sure Pete, any of those diagrams that can help, we'll throw those in the show notes too. You hit on a couple things. Thanks for supporting everything I've been saying for like the last year too, by the way. So yeah. we've spent a lot of time with Bo Eason, who's great. I know we talked about him. I know you've connected with him on some levels. He spends a lot of time on story yeah. and using it to open a presentation so that people connect with you, which is basically what you just also seconded how important that is. But where I think a lot of advisors fall short is great story to open. But now as you go into what you call the head section, the second section, there is no proprietary process. No. right? And we've spent so much time with our clients. How do you name? How do you trademark? How do you separate yourself in your three to five step proprietary process? And I just love how you frame that up where your strongest teaching moment, you give that away for free. So let's, since we're on the presentation piece right now, let's go there and then we'll circle back around to how you can book stages. So yeah. Let's speak on this third stage. So I think we've kind of left this mysterious third stage out there. So we've got your typical dinner seminar. Then we yep. have maybe a college education class. And really what you've specialized in is how do you land free speaking gigs where you're not paying anything and people are asking you to come in on their stage. Yep. So can you just expand on what does that world look like? And then I want to go into how do you capture the names there before we get on to how do you actually book them, if that works. What does that world look like? Be a little bit more specific what you mean on what does that world look like? I just think it's so foreign. I oh think, yeah. I think in financial services, guys are used to paying to speak. Yeah. And so this mysterious world of what somebody would hit me up on the phone or I would call somebody up and they would invite me onto their stage. And you've booked tons of stages with entrepreneurs, just ideal clients for financial advisors 
in the room, just there to, to listen to what they have to say. So can you just give us a 30,000 foot view of yeah. what are some different stages? What are some different areas where you've booked speakers, maybe even financial advisors to speak so that they understand the opportunity there? Because yeah, I think so- it's such a foreign world. A lot of advisors don't even know it's out there. Yes. Yeah, so here, here's, I'll give you the analytics of this. And so there are 23,000. I'm just speaking in the US right now. So any advisors listening outside the US, I, I can tell you your numbers, but I'm speaking to the US. 23,000 national associations in America. And it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. And if you, you can't, for those that can't see me, the, the national is the parent. Let's look at it as the parent. That's the parent national associations in America. Underneath that, they have their state chapters that report to the national. And the state chapters, and these are membership-based associations. Under the state, under the national, you have the state. There are hundreds of thousands or over a 100,000 state associations, meaning those that report to the national. If we had a perfect world, all 23,000 would have 50 states, if that makes sense, all of the 23,000, but that's not how it works. So there's hundreds of thousands of state associations. Now, here's the beautiful thing for the financial advisors. There are then under the state local associations, and there are millions of local associations that are under the covering of the state that are under the covering of the national. These are membership-based associations in any niche that you can think about. CEOs, um, chiropractors, dentists, doctors, lawyers, um, you know, plumbers, I mean, you name it. Uh, you know, there's even stay-at-home mom associations. There's prayer associations. There's pastor associations. There's you name it, there's an association for it, which means that the national have engagements typically one to two times a year where they have a big conference, just like Advisors Excel does. Mm -hmm. The states also have one to two conferences a year on average. But here's the beauty. The local tends to meet monthly where the state and national put on two big productions or one big production a year, the local meets monthly, which means that everyone, every one of the financial advisors, when I show them how to start winning stages, they have an opportunity with millions of stages that potentially meet every single month to go and speak and be an incredible content provider. And I'll talk about that whenever we get to the stages, but to be an incredible content provider. And so that's what exists. So your ideal client, whatever your ideal client is, there's an association in your backyard for them. So I know a lot of financial advisors would love doctors. I know uh, a guy up the road, my buddy, Justin Ross, he loves to target doctors. Well, he loves to target chiropractors. Uh, He loves to target dentists. Why try to like one-off them? Why don't you just go meet where they're already at in your backyard where 42 of them come together every single month and go provide an amazing presentation in the way that I just showed you how to provide it? Why not just go meet and and be a content provider? You're not going to be able to sell, but you do a good job with your presentation, how I just showed you how to do it. And I'm glad we started there, Brad, because you do a great job with your presentation Then when you get in front of those 42 doctors or lawyers or attorneys or dentists or CEOs or, you know, whatever it is, entrepreneurs, 
now they're all in one room and you didn't have to be the one to spend all the money to get them in the room. That association gets them in the room naturally every single month. So hopefully that opens up their minds and imaginations to the whole. And that just for the record is just the association world. There is also a public seminar world over here that has nothing to do with associations, meaning they don't have a membership base. I would say Advisors Excel is probably a public seminar because they don't have, they don't have like state associations and local associations. Pete Vargas hosted his own event. He's a public seminar. There's people who are training chiropractors and dentists and lawyers and doctors and CEOs. They have their own events. They're public seminars. And a lot of people think public seminars are, are the big space. The public seminars are like a lake. And it is a big space of events that exist in your backyard. The associations are like the ocean. Mm. They're endless, man. And so I, I don't, I love to not discredit either one of them because they're really big. And so if we were doing this visually, I could go show people right here on the screen how uh, maybe I'll just provide, I'll provide a seven minute training. I'll just show one association and I'll give that training for the show notes. And I have it already, Brad. It's our chiropractor example. And I'll show you how I go to one website and I can see that they have, I think, I don't know the numbers. They have a national association that has two chiropractic events a year. And then with one drop down menu, you can see that all 50 state associations and who the executive director is and who their phone number is and who their all, all of their information is and then when their event is. And so you can see all 50 of the actual states. And then you take it one step further. And I don't know how many it is in the local, but you can see the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of local chapters around the U.S. all in one view from one 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 you know, one shot. So just in that chiropractic one association exists 500 speaking opportunities. And here's what I want the advisors to understand. This is the power behind it. Yeah, the national is cool. They meet once to twice a year. Yeah, the state is cool. They meet once to twice a year. But the locals meet monthly. That's what I want the advisors to see. They meet monthly. So you have an opportunity to win that stage potentially every single month. So hopefully that does what you, uh, does, does that do kind of opening up the world? Yeah, of stages? So let's, let's just go deep there. I'm going to okay. throw the other question on the shelf for a second. Cool. So let's just say I'm a financial advisor. I'm listening to the podcast right now. Yeah. And let's say I happen to specialize in chiropractors. And let's say I check out the seven minute training video. What's the next step? If I say, okay, a lot of our guys have marketing directors. They're running big operations. This might be a marketing director reaching out on their behalf. What would that look like to start to engage and actually book that stage? Can we yes. get that? Yeah, so absolutely. So this is, this is like specialized. Like I've worked on this for you specifically and for your audience specifically. Here's what I want you to know. Let's go. So I've talked about being great on stage and I do agree with Bo. Bo, I believe in Bo's story mentality. I just know that story alone without a full-blown presentation in a way that I outlined it is you've got to have that whole presentation mm -hmm. that does all of the components. And so now that you're going to be great on stage, let's go win stages. So let's, that's the second piece of this pie is let's go win stages. So with financial advisors, they need to understand a few things. So the first piece that financial advisors need to understand is they're going to have to go position themselves a little bit differently, a little bit differently. I don't want financial advisor company ABC to be 
the person who's winning these stages. I want the financial advisor personality brand to be the one that's winning these stages. You have to be, it's okay. This is not a bad thing. Let's separate because I want to separate kind of the financial planning practice versus or the wealth management practice from you as a content provider. We're going to make you an expert in a content provider who's an expert because when people know an expert or a content provider, that's who they want to bring in to speak. And now they don't think you're a solicitor or a vendor. So please understand that piece first. That's the first piece of the pie. And so I'm just going to tell people three things that they can do to position themselves well. Um, But the first piece of winning stages is making sure the financial advisors put themselves in a bucket to be a content provider. Just get a simple one-page landing page or one-page website up that positions you and you want to get a little bit more in-depth, just build out a personal brand website around you as a speaker. You can do it for a couple of thousand dollars. Just build out a personal brand website of you around the speaker. That's the first thing that you need to do is people need to see, or if you just want to incorporate that to your current page, cool, but make sure that they see that you are a speaker. I want you to have the second Real thing. quick there. Yeah. I mean, that be as simple as like even on your website, yeah. I think it says book Pete, right? Yeah. Book Pete to speak or something to that effect. They could just even add that on their regular financial advisor website. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then on there, you want to be able to provide some data that actually positions you to make them be like, wow, this, this, this guy, this girl has stuff that we want. And so, yes, it could be as simple as adding that to your website. Yeah, cool. And then on there, on there, I want to make sure that you have, if, if nothing else, go create two or three awesome talk titles that basically, I would say two or three talk titles. And you might say, Pete, you told me just to design one signature talk. Yeah. Just create two or three different talk titles that have different angles of that signature talk mm-hmm. that one or two of one of them will resonate with them to say, Oh, that's awesome. So for example, my buddy Garrett Gunderson, he has one that's called like budgeting sucks. And then the subtitle is like, why you need to blah, 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 blah. And people get that. And they're like, that's what I want to bring in for my audience to hear. So have two or three talk titles that just capture the pain points of those audiences stages that we want to be on. So just create that. Create talk titles that are like, man, I want so, that. So let's dig into there real quick because yeah. what's cool is you go back to how the presentation's actually laid out, the head section where you're looking at a three to five step signature system. Now you've got three to five different angles that you can hit that same talk from that just go right back to your signature process anyway, right? That's exactly right, bro. And so sometimes I will spend equal time on each piece of my signature process. And sometimes I'll go deeper into it depending on what the person wants. And so today we're going to go deeper into stages. And so, and that's what we're doing. So yes, I can have two to three different angles of that signature talk. I'm not asking you to uh, create three talks. I'm asking you to have one that you create and then you can create two or three titles that are all different angles that, that are emotionally driven titles. Don't make them bland and don't make them boring. All, all, there was a, there was a, a document that uh, actually Amy Porterfield created and I'll give her credit on that. And I have the document. So if you can give her credit on that too, but it's basically how to create a talk title. And she, she, I, it's the best thing that I've seen out there. Just create two to three catchy talk titles that, that somebody who has 40 CEOs in the room or somebody that has $40 million entrepreneurs in the room or somebody that has 40 doctors in the room, what is the pain point that they feel that your talk will help address? And so if you can position 
The talk titles, that's important. That's the second piece that I would really have. A third piece, I'm going to go a little bonus here, is I would love a video, a simple video, like a simple little video that that is a little bit of a promotional video. You can do one of two things. You can either do a promotional video, like a promo video. And if you don't have any speaking experience, then I'm going to go to the second video, which is called the Why Me video. So a promotional video is just a two to three minute highlight reel of you speaking. And I'm sure a lot of you have footage and coverage from your events. So it's just a highlight reel of you speaking and, and sharing and all of that. Um, so you can do that. Or if you're like, Pete, I don't have that, then do a Why Me video. And you're basically in about two minutes saying, this is why you need to choose me to come speak on your stage. And you're speaking to the pain points of their audience. And I have the why me script. I'll give that to them too, Brad. I mean, I have the why me script that they can follow the script. And this is all the stuff like we got a lot of stuff, but I'll get it to you. But it's the why me script. And so you could, I could go with the why me video shot right now today in my backyard. How long is the why me? uh, It's about a minute to two minutes. A minute to two minutes. Yeah, a minute to two minutes. And so if you can't get a promo video, because a promo video takes some time and some energy and some editing, then do the why me video. On the video promo, so a lot of our guys do radio shows weekly. Uh, A lot of guys do TV media appearances. I would assume those would be great things to splice into that huge. Like if you could just get an editor to take your existing stuff of you on radio, you on TV, you on your own stage and create like this role, it will give you not only great video, but it'll give you a massive amount of social proof. And so the fourth piece that you need is you need the speaker kit. And the speaker kit is simply a one to two page PDF document that your team, I'm going to show you how to use this here in a minute, but basically is why they need to hire you as a speaker. It's like, it's your uh, speaking titles. It's more about you. It's some social proof on there. That's what it is. It's a simple one to two pager. Uh, as seen in... Kipping as seen in... Exactly. That, that yep. So it's an overview about who you are. And remember, stay away from like, he is the founder of, you know, this financial practice or this financial agency. This is about you. We want to position you as a content provider and as an expert because that's what people want to hire as speakers. So those are some of the positioning elements. The big transition I want people to see is I want you to move from folks seeing you as an advisor to folks seeing you as a content provider. That's the shift that we need to make. So let's just hit that real quick because as you said that, I'm seeing every single financial advisor's website in the world with the exception of like 1%. Suit and tie, probably not even a smile in their picture, right? And then their bio is, you know, CFP slash I went to such and such school of finance slash. And then maybe at the very, very, very bottom after about eight paragraphs, happily married with three children. Because <laughs> I mean, what no, you just no, laid out the speaker kit is so much about here's who I am, here's why you want to hear more from me. And then I see the exact opposite in all of the bios. So just share your thoughts there. I'd love to hear Here's what I'll tell you. Story braid your speaker kit. Same thing that you story braided your signature talk, story braid your speaker kit. Like you want them to connect with you right off the bat. They want to know who you are. They want to know that you've walked in their shoes. They want to know that you had financial, you know, they want to bring you in to solve financial challenges that their audience is facing. How to put more money in their pockets, how to save more time and not having to stress about financial things. And so 
think about their pain points and their problems and walk in their shoes and be more laid back in this. Like this does not need to be like uptight. It needs to be, it needs to connect with them. This one to two pages simply needs to connect with them. And I've got, I've got a guy who's created our, our like two pager and I can reference him for in the show notes and he's great, but he knows how to make people connect with you. So it's not like tight and rigid and, and you know, it's, it's laid back and making sure that they know that you connect with them and and that you're going to solve problems for their audience. They don't really care about all of the education or all of the, the financial certifications that you have. They want to know that you're going to come in and deliver content that's going to change their people's lives. And so that's what you need to be a whole lot more laid back. So Brad, I can't, I can't agree with you more on that. And maybe a picture of your family. Yeah, you know, picture of your family. Good thing to have in there. Right off the bat. Kids. Like right off yeah. the bat. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, people want to work with human beings, not yeah. robots, right? Yep. Cool. Okay, so you just laid out the four steps for booking stages. Is that it? And then are we transitioning to once that framework is set up, now here's how to engage the actual Yep. So that's not even the events. Yeah, that's not even the booking. That's just the positioning. So to book a stage as a financial advisor, and I'm I'm letting you know, like, here we go. We're moving to the third type of stage. I've showed you all of them that exist in the association world, and I'm rolling up my sleeves right here. And now it's about time to go find and win them. Find and win them. So there's positioning, which we talked about. There's knowing, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Know all of the local stages. And the other thing that you need to know is know what type of people you want to be in front of. Know what type of people you want to be in front of. So once you know who you want to be in front of, which is your ideal buyers and clients of your financial services, then you've got to go find them. And the greatest place to find them is, is, is online. I'm just going to say the greatest place to find them is Google. So here's what I want you to know. And I'm going to try really hard by the time that this is done to, to, to get you the, you know, the document that the local stages that every financial advisor needs to be in front of. I'm going to try to get you that document by the time this airs live. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. And if not, we'll get it to them and you can get it out to the crowd. But here's, here's what you got to first. You've, this is like setting a new record for most things shared on one podcast. I'm incredibly grateful. I mean, this is just, you're the man. Well, here's what I want you to know. Here's how I'd find them. And this is what this document comprises. Who do you want to be in front of? And so maybe you can... I, I know it's CEOs. Tell me who yeah, they want to be in front go, of. Um, I know you've who, had a lot of success with like the EOs, the YPOs of the world. Those are super successful CEOs and high income earners. Maybe let's just use that as an example. Yeah. So EO, you could go to EO. So let's say you de- you've defined like layout, like I'd ask everybody on this interview to do this for me. Who are 10 specific niches that you want to be in front of? And basically my document tells you who those are. So I'll get you that we'll get you that document. But who are the 10 niches you want to be in front of? You want to be in front of CEOs. You want to be in front of um, successful entrepreneurs. You want to be in front of doctors, dentists, chiropractors attorneys, lawyers, I don't know. So identify those 10, just pick 10. Like you probably can look in your portfolio of people you serve right now. And there's probably a common theme of like the top five to 10. That's the first thing you want to do. Then you want to go Google it. Quick aside, Pete, would large corporations fit into that too? Let's say I work with a ton of IBM employees. Oh yeah, bro. That's how, yeah, I'll share something at the end that will drive that home. So there, there, there is the place where they all conglomerate together. So the association, but here's the beauty. When you get the association, it has the 50, like I'm speaking at EO Colorado. EO has requirements that you have to do a million dollars a year in revenues. 
It's perfect for every single one of your, your advisors. Mm-hmm. But what I'm telling you is there's dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of those opportunities as well. But here's what you want to do is that you want to start searching that. You want to start searching national associations of those 10 things that you just wrote or Denver dentist uh, associations in Denver. Lawyer associations in Denver or Colorado, um, attorneys, doctors, chiropractors, entrepreneurs, um, successful businesses, you know, whatever you identify, you want to start Google searching that in your market and you just want to do market research and, and you research this and there's five things you want to find out the organization's name. And with that, just so you know, who is the person that runs that chapter? Mm-hmm. It's very easy. It's on the website. You want to find out their phone number, their email, their address, and how often they meet. First Friday of the month, third Friday of the month. And you want to put that in a spreadsheet. Because here's what I want you to know. There's no greater time to win their stage than the week after they just met because they're tired and they're worn out from that meeting. And so if you drop them a direct mail piece and a little gift in the mail saying, Hey, I hope your event went great. Look forward to talking. Um, There's no greater time. That's why I love the date of the event because it knows when I'm trying to target it as well. Those are the five things you want to find right there. And so as you're finding these, I would encourage y'all not just identify the 10 types of niches you want to be on, but let's go find 25 organizations that you need to be in be at their local events or at their state events. The beautiful thing of me is I can choose Colorado Springs. I can choose Denver. And I can not only the local associations, I can also choose the state because Denver's right up the road from me. So I'm at a ton of state associations speaking. And I'm at the local Denver and local Colorado Springs chapters, which have multiple chapters in them. So I just want people to understand that. So now that we've found them, you want to hit, I mean, does that make sense how we find, yeah, I'm just using yeah. a Google trick, one Google trick to find them. It's really easy. I could go find a stage right now for anybody. Um, now we want to win them. And that's the last piece of this equation. How do we win them? The most valuable gift that I'm going to give you today. And I've already said this, the most valuable gift I'm going to give you today is our unstoppable stage campaign training. And I'll make sure that Brad has that. And it's, we have a systematic approach of how we use phone, email, direct mail, social media, and video to win stages. We have a complex 10-step... I mean, a very, it's very simplified, but it's a very detailed system of 10-step system of how we win stages. It is the exact campaign that we've used in, in, in our business and in many people's businesses to win stages. And so it's a, it's a systematic approach to winning those stages. I just want to share one that you can go get wins with today. Like today, not tomorrow, today that you could get wins. And so I want to give you the whole training on that entire system. I want you to be able to have it and use it in your business. But here's what I want you to know. You're only, only, you only have to do one piece, especially with locals. I could go win a local stage today by just doing this one piece. Me, myself, I'll actually go win a local stage today. How about that? I will go win a local stage that I haven't contacted. I'll start the process today. I'll probably have it by the end of the week. So I want y'all to know what I'm about to show you is very, very, very easy. And so here's what you want to do. I'm going to... Just because they probably have a team member or someone on a team, you can eat... I want to use the phone piece of it. Remember, I said there's five areas. Phone, uh, video email, regular email, 
social media, and direct mail. I just want to use the phone script. So this is the actual phone script that won me the White House in 2007. It is the actual phone script that won me the White House. And it's the phone script that can win every advisor local stages. So it goes something like this. And I'm just going to pretend, and Brad, you don't need to reply, but it's basically, there's multiple parts to it. So I called the guy. I did my research. We constantly... Research needs to be a constant part of your business. So if you can have somebody in your company that's searching local stages, either monthly or bi-weekly, if you want to be on a dozen a year, all they have to do is research once a month. And you will get a dozen a year in your backyard. You should have no problem doing that. But if you want to be on one a week, then they need to be doing it bi-weekly or weekly research. So you need to have someone on your team committed a few hours a month or a few hours a week researching local stages. So that practice was, happens for us in our business and in our clients' businesses. And so in 2007, I came across that the White House was hosting a safety school symposium in Washington, D.C. Because remember, I represented Rachel's Challenge, the first girl killed at Columbine. And I got the five pieces of information. I picked up the phone and I called the guy. And this is kind of how my script went right here. Hey, so-and-so, and this is all documented on the internet. I usually do it with the video component. So I kind of need to role play. Role play yeah, let's role play. So okay. I need, that's where I'm missing it. Hey, Brad, how are you? Uh, good. Hey, it's Pete Vargas. I know you don't know me, but man, I was just looking online about the safety school symposium that you're putting on. And I'm absolutely blown away that you and, and, and the whole um, President Bush's whole staff is putting this symposium on. Like school shootings and school suicides are at all time high. And I'm just really, really blown away. So thank you so much for putting that on, man. Yeah, no, no problem, Pete. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, I know, I know you don't know me, but um, I'm with Rachel's Challenge. Rachel was the first girl killed at Columbine back in 1999. And we are so passionate about ending school shootings and school violence. And I see the symposium is completely addressed with focusing on that thing. And so I just wanted to touch base with you because I'm blown away at what y'all are doing. And I, I believe Daryl Scott would be an incredible fit. He's Rachel's father. And I believe he'd be an incredible fit to come and share that week on the, on the stage. Have you heard of Rachel's Challenge? I haven't. And that's okay. Um, actually, President Bush wrote an endorsement letter for Rachel's Challenge and Foster Freeze. And let's pretend you all of a sudden like, oh, man, because you would know yeah. these names. Yeah, Foster yeah. Freeze was a huge uh, advocate of Rachel's Challenge. And so we're really interested in being a part of this symposium. And, and not only do we want to do that, we will have a big list and a big, big email list and a big following across the country. We also want to be able to promote this out to our entire list and make them aware of this symposium that we know you're not only hosting live, but will be seen on television, national television as well. So what, what do I need to do to, to get Daryl there? And we can pause there because yeah. now Brad, now Brad has no idea. Yeah. That was a phone call on a Monday. Within uh -huh. two weeks, we were speaking on the symposium. So what did I do? And I didn't do it as well there. But what did I do? Number one, I recognized he understood that I did some research and he understood that I knew about his event. And I was proud of his event. I was proud of what he was doing in his event. The second thing I did, I didn't talk about us first. I talked about him first. The second thing that I did is I actually showed how we were congruent message with that event and how we could solve a problem 
for that event. Like we're coming alongside and partnering. We're not a competitor. We're coming alongside and partnering with you to help you address the issues that you want to address. The third thing I did is I gave a win-win. I gave a win-win. I gave them a win. I gave them a win. And then the fourth thing that I did is I actually... in I talked about the call to action. How do I get him there? Mm-hmm. And that began the dialogue. And so if you will just simply so, so do... Let's, let's go to that win-win because yeah. every advisor can do that. Every advisor has a client list. They've got a much bigger probably email list from all of the events they've done over the years. And what's every promoter's problem? I don't mm-hmm. want to throw an event and nobody shows up, mm-hmm. right? So now you're coming on, you're like, not only would we love to speak there, I'd love to help you promote it. And I'm basically going to help you do your job, which is throw a great event. So yep. that's brilliant. Yeah, so here, let me tell you about the win-wins because here's the win-wins. You have to choose your win-wins. So the same script, you better know what they're about and what their event's about and talk about them and only them. Then you come and talk about yourself and how you can help them solve a problem and how you're, you're not you, but my client, you know, uh, Brad is a phenomenal speaker. I work for Brad and here's how he solves the problem. I was speaking for Daryl. Somebody else would speak for the financial advisor. Then the win-win you can choose. Can you help promote for the event? Can you buy the $500 luncheon? Cause you see that the luncheon is only 500 to a thousand dollars. Cause they're not doing it at Ruth Chris. They're, uh, you're bringing in Jimmy John's or they're bringing in, you know, some catered thing, maybe a nicer catered thing. They're not doing a huge meal, but a lot of these meals are costing a thousand, two thousand dollars tops. So maybe you become the sponsor to speak. And now there's not this whole like brain damage of, that's not brain damage. That's not the right word, but. Advisors put in so much time with these because my advisors tell me they put in so much time with the dinners and the mailers and the, you know, the, all of that. It's such a big process. Why not go to the room that has your perfect set of buyers all sitting in one room? Like you can host a luncheon over here. I've been to one and it's like, Oh, I know that doctor and I know that doctor, but I also know the 23 other people aren't probably the most qualified. And you can tell from their conversations, why not go to the room where the doctor, doctor, CEO, CEO all come every single month, like the ideal room for you. So maybe you do want to make your win-win sponsoring the lunch because they would eat that up too. So you've got to determine what you want your win-win to be and say that in that initial conversation. I'm telling you, if you have somebody on your team, go do this 10, 20 times a month, you will be on somebody's stage every single month. Now you got to have the positioning elements and some credibility and some speaking topics and all of those other things that we've talked about. But I believe financial advisors can be on a local stage every month or every week if they choose to, if they choose to invest some time and some marketing dollars and some marketing energy into this process. And I'm telling you, I believe that it will land them more clients because the third part of the equation, Brad, for us is yes, you got to be great. Yes, you got to get on stages, but then you got to scale past the stage with your products and services. And that's one issue none of the advisors have. They have their portfolio of services that they can offer people. So if they can simply get on those stages, they have the portfolio of services that people can go deeper with them in. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's a very simple script, but with just those three key elements. I mean, you can already see that's like at the end of that, how does the guy say, no, I'm not interested? Yeah. I would assume, I don't know if you have your typical booking rates, but I would guess it's over half done correctly with that sort of framework. Yeah. What should a financial advisor that Let's say they've got good positioning where they've done some media appearances or have a radio show. If I call 10 local associations, 
let's just ballpark, hey, this is a decent level of success with actually... Yeah. Yeah. So I would say with the whole campaign implemented, I only, I only did one piece. Like I love to send them a gift in the mail. I love a follow up email sequence. By the way, that's something that we completely built out. We build that whole campaign out. It is. I don't, I don't mind sharing that. We build the whole campaign out for somebody with the whole campaign implemented. When people are going after national and state stages, I say it ranges from five to 10% to be conservative, conservative. Like those are big stages. But when you're talking about local, it depends on the elements that they have, but people should have no, no, I'm going to be really conservative here. Should have no, uh, a very easy time landing 20%. But if they really dial in this whole process, they could be landing 30 to 40 to 50% of the stages that they go after. That's a gut feeling. Just that, yeah. that 20, that 30 to 40 to 50 is a gut. The 20 is pretty conservative. Like you should have no time, yeah. no hard time with every 10 that you identify being on one or two of those if they see you as a content provider, if they see you as a content provider that can serve their audience. Well, yes. and with the equivalent being spend 10 grand to fill a room of prospects that you hope qualify versus targeting, obviously putting the work in to target the proper ideal clients, or we call them avatar clients, right? Yep. For free, or maybe free. sponsor a $500 lunch. You know, that's incredible. And right, that can so. be the win-win. It could be buying the lunch. Like you said, you got to determine your win-win in that script. But I'm telling you, that script will get you off and roll into the races. Identify 25, start to call them, but make sure your person feels a little bit empowered, whoever's calling them. So they need to have a one-pager of like, here's the speaking topics. And yeah. Here's why they'd be a great fit. So don't start calling prematurely because I want them to see you as that content provider and that expert not the person who's calling from a financial service company or a financial advisor's company, you know? So that's what I would say. Okay, so quick question. And then I want to get to you sharing your financial advisor story because I think that'll be really cool for the listeners. Yeah. Do you lose any of the positioning power if that's the actual financial advisor calling? Should that always be kind of a marketing director that's working more on the positioning? Or could the actual advisor call if they use a different angle? Absolutely. I called. I, I love when somebody can call on your behalf. I love it. But I'm just telling you, I, I, I called on my behalf because there's nobody more passionate about my message than me. Um, now, I have somebody else doing that for me. But out of the gates, I was the one to do it. It's much. It's definitely more powerful from a positioning standpoint if somebody else is doing it. But they have to be passionate about you and your services and really be a believer in you. And if not... Uh, the financial advisors can get away with it and can land the stages on their own. They're not going to lose credibility. Um, but that's once again, making sure their positioning elements th that we talked about early on are all kind of dialed in. I mean, I could just see you kind of open with, Hey, I was compelled to pick up the phone myself after seeing yeah. the event you're putting on. And then you're just like, it's even that much more powerful as long as you kind of open with the right phrase there. Yeah, absolutely. So if I, if I were calling, like, let's say I was calling a local EO or I was calling a local something, I would say something like this. I would say, um, Hey, it's Pete Vargas. How, uh, and there's another way that you can do this. We use a tool called bomb bomb. It's an amazing tool. I love bomb bomb.com huge. Yeah. So this is what I would do. You can either make the call or you can shoot a bomb bomb. I would shoot a bomb bomb and I would say, Hey, Mark Gutman, who's actually the EO chapter in Colorado. Hey, Mark Gutman, it's Pete Vargas. I know you don't know me, but we have some common friends. That's the piece of the script that I forgot to connect about mm -hmm. is somehow try to connect right off the bat. Sorry, I forgot that piece of the script because I don't have the script right here in front of me. <laughs> so try, I actually added Foster Freeze and Bush's letter on the front end of the call, mm -hmm. not the back end of the call. Mm -hmm. And then, cause then it warms it up. 
Hey, Mark, it's Pete Vargas. Uh, we got some common friends. Ree Perez has told me about what you're doing. Nicholas Kuzmich has told me about what you're doing. Hey, I love EO. I love everything EO is about. Your mission statement is this. I'm such a big believer in that. Um, a couple of things. Number one, I'm really curious about me potentially being in EO. I don't know enough about it. But number two, I'm really, really encouraged by what y'all do every single month. It looks like you host like eight to 10 events a year for your entrepreneurs, solving the big issues that they have in their problem. I know you don't know me and I know you don't know my content, but I'm really passionate about making sure that entrepreneurs are able to do A, B, and C. And guess what? A, B, and C just so happen to tie back to your your talk titles. And they just so happen to be three pain points that Mark's trying to provide for his audience. Hey, so I wanted to see, like, I'd be really interested in, in speaking at one of your local EO events because I have uh, talks that are helping. I have a talk that helps solve those issues for entrepreneurs. We've been able to, over the course of the last 10 years, help entrepreneurs put X amount of money back in their business or whatever you can say, like whatever you can say, we've been able to help entrepreneurs solve those problems, whatever's within, you know, standards and stuff like that, but give some credibility to and so I would love to hop on the phone with you and talk about those opportunities. That's the script. That's actually the script that allowed me to win EO Colorado. I'm speaking at EO Colorado and Mark Gutman said it was the only video email that he's ever received from one of his speakers. And he hires six to 10 speakers a year. Mm. Only video email he's ever seen. And that was using BombBomb. It's kind of marketing 101 is showing up differently. So right now, it's funny how nobody knows about BombBomb. You're actually one of the few people. And so for those that aren't familiar, we'll put a link in the show notes. But it's basically YouTube combined with email makes it super easy to send a personal video to someone. The only other person I can think of that I've received a video email from is Jason Gaynard. And he does just an incredible job of making you feel like you're like the only person on the planet that's at his events. So honestly, if they wanted to get started, bro, bomb bombs easy. You don't have to pick up yeah. the phone. You can see when people open it, when they read it, you can have your link down below to schedule a call. Your call to action can be that. But I send out bomb bombs like crazy. And I have constantly Mark Gutman, uh, JJ Virgin. I mean, there are so many people that have said that was the reason the like the initial point. And guess what? I'm going after some big stages. And so that's why your, your, your analytics are right on, Brad. Like it's, it's easier to win a local stage than it is a national stage. Mm-hmm. But yet everybody wants to go after all of these national stages. The beautiful thing about your community is all of the local stages that exist in their backyard for them yeah. to go after. So I love that, man. I love it. And so that's what I would really encourage them to do. Cool. If you can share quickly, it's always fun when I talk with successful people like yourself, Pete, how you actually found your financial advisor. And it kind of all ties together here. So can you share that story? Yeah. So I've had two financial advisors in my life. The first one that I found uh, was when I was a youth pastor. And I wasn't probably her ideal client, but I was ready to start investing. you know. And I actually heard her speak in my local church in my local church, which was beautiful. And uh, I heard her and I'm like, Ooh, I want to have, I need her help. And I got to believe she got lots of clients in that. Now, maybe not all of them were ideal, but I do want to sidebar one thing that's really important. You go speak in front of 50 CEOs or 50 dentists or 50 lawyers or 50 attorneys or 50 business owners. Brad mentioned this earlier. Guess what the next step is? 
a lot of them are going to want you to come back and speak to their employees or their upper management or their leadership teams. If you are great on stage, the second step of the speaking is now cool. I have, and I have a employees, like a lot of YPOs, they'll have 500 employees. They might have you come speak to their upper management team. So I just want you to know, like that could be the next level, or you might be able to take that angle out of the, uh, out of the gates too. So I heard her, I hired her. It was a good experience. I didn't have a lot of money at the time, but she served me. And so I heard her speaking, but here's the cool piece. I've now been with my current advisor since 2007 or 2008 maybe 2006. His name is Adam Way. He's up in Denver. And I got the opportunity to... I got introduced to him. I would love to say I got introduced to him from speaking, but I wouldn't be telling the truth. I got introduced to him from a referral. I reached out to people that I trust in my life. I reached out to my pastors, some of my good friends. And I said, I need a financial advisor. I need, I want somebody who you guys trust because if you trust them, I trust them. And they gave me two or three names and, and Adam became my financial advisor. And it's because Adam presented in our one on one in a way that none of the others did. He present, he connected with me. He, yes, he was dressed up. I'm like, dude, like, like he was really sharp and fancy and all of that. But he presented in a way that was pretty close to the story braid framework, very close to it. But here's the cool part. I had Adam come into my company, speak to my employees and deliver a talk. And as a result, two years later, a year or two years later, after I saw that, man, this guy's the real deal, I had him come speak in my company. And as a result, I believe three, four, maybe five clients he landed on the spot. I think a lot of it was maybe whole life insurance. I don't remember what it was. But he landed three or four clients right there on the spot from speaking to a group of 12 of us. 12 of us. And one of them went on to be an advisor that ended up being a financial advisor working under Adam like two or three years later. So as he spoke, he landed these clients. And that's the, I know that's a big piece of his business is he actually speaks. And when he speaks, he lands clients. So that's my experience with not just my first advisor, but my current advisor as well. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that. There's a lot of things advisors can take from that. Number one, the power of speaking from a stage. That was how you connected with your first one. And it's interesting. Nobody's broken this rule yet. I'm waiting. But I've asked a lot of really successful people that question. And so far, it's been a referral has been the primary contact with how you connected with your current financial advisor. So it's got to be number one. I mean, it's got to be the number one way for sure. As the net worth climbs, it's less of what I would call these public facing marketing type of initiatives, you know, like the guy called in from a radio show or something like that. And here's what I'll tell you. What That's the beauty. Like if referrals is number one, I'm going to tell you speaking is a close second because what you can do in 60 minutes is connect in a way that makes them want to have conversation and then trust you. So that's what's beautiful for this. Like I believe referral is probably the top way, especially getting to those people. But those people come together and conglomerate together and so why not have your referrals start referring you to places that you can speak as well? Because all of your top clients probably go to these types of meetings, are part of these types of associations, are part of these types of groups. So instead of having them maybe refer you one-offs, they might not even... Most of them aren't thinking of you as a speaker. So why not start getting them to refer you out to some of these stages? Because now when you go to these stages, you got the double whammy like, wow, so-and-so brought me in and referred me. And you get 60 minutes, which builds ultimate credibility. Even if you don't have the referral into the stage, that 60 minutes doesn't quite offset a referral, but it builds trust by being there in yeah. front of people. 
All right. I know we're getting towards the end of our time. One thing, if you can just throw this, because I kind of left it hanging. You talked about when you book the stage, you've got your three to five step proprietary process. And you said there's basically now you're in front of an audience where you don't know who they are, right? You didn't invite them through direct mail. So you probably don't have their names and addresses and phone numbers. What was the nugget as far as actually throw this out so I now have a lead magnet to connect with them? It's called the contact card. You want to have a contact card. I'll link one in the show notes or link one back to you. And you're going to have to shoot me over the things I need to get to you so I can do that. (laughs) But but the contact card on one side has a beautiful graphic or image of the free gift that you gave away during the presentation. Remember, I said, give a free gift away during the presentation. And so that's the one side. So now all of a sudden, it's the give. That's the give, right? The other side is the ask. It's their name. It's their email. It's their phone number. That's the critical part. Their organization, their title or role, um, you know, just all of the pertinent information towards the top part of the card. The middle part of the card asks one critical question. And, the, and your advisors need to decide what that is. If you have a name of your signature process, I wouldn't say, are you interested in our services? I wouldn't say that. I would say, are you interested in seeing the XYZ signature process implemented in your life? Like in your life. Or something of that sort. They need to have a critical question that doesn't come across like completely salesy, but it is a little mm-hmm. bit salesy. And the answer is yes, no, or maybe. I've done this at YPOs and EOs. And they fill out the card, yes, no, or maybe. And now the yeses and maybes are obviously a lot of great leads for you to follow up with. And then down below, so their pertinent information towards top, that critical question in the middle. And then down below is a notes section for them to add any additional notes, which will show you who your hottest leads are because they're like, oh my God, that presentation was amazing. I need to talk with you more. And then you know, those are the people that you need to follow up with. You could... A lot of advisors or a lot of people will do like a strategy call or a wealth accumulation call or or something that actually gives the deliverables. So maybe your big, bold promise is in this. So you know, let us find the leaks. I know a guy named Derek... Uh, could help people find like social security. I don't know the market well enough. Right. So maybe you can make a big, bold promise in the strategy call. Like, would you let, 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 let want us to have a certain type of strategy call with you? I don't know what you can and can't do. So I, right. I don't want to speak to that. But something that you uh, get them to say yes, no, or maybe to is that that question is the lead in to what's going to begin the follow-up process for getting them to be a new client. Got it. How big of a it's 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 like this. I can put three of them on a page. I don't know what that dimension is. I can put three on a page. People do them all different. They do it like this. They do it. I mean, I'll link to one that one of our clients actually uses uh, that we helped him get outlined. And you do a good job in your presentation, and you reference that card. Here's the two places you reference that card when you're giving away the free gift because you're teaching about that point, and then at the end of the presentation, you reference it again. And people won't have an issue. The majority of people don't have an issue with you dropping that card on people's seats and letting them know it's the free gift that you're giving them away. So awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I wanted to kind of tie that all back together. All right, Pete, are you ready for kind of the, uh, we'll call it the philosophical question section? Yeah, man. I love um, it. Cool. Let's just dig in. When you hear the word successful, who's the first person you think of and why? Tyler Merrick. Um, he's my best friend. He introduced me to my faith back when I was a young kid. He helped me understand what being an entrepreneur was. 
And entrepreneur was not just about making money, but it was about having freedom. It was about loving your family. And it was about making sure that you didn't compromise the things in your life that matter most, which is your family. For me, it's my family and it's my faith. Mm-hmm. And so Tyler Merrick, along with the whole Merrick family. Awesome. His dad and him, very successful entrepreneurs. And they just understood the balance of it all, man. Are they down in Texas? Yeah, they're down in Texas. Okay. Yep. What's your favorite book that you've ever read and how did it impact your life? And I say this and I said it on all my podcasts, but I read the Proverbs every single day. I read the Proverbs every single day. So a lot of people say the Bible and that's cool, but I say the Proverbs. And here's the beauty of the Proverbs. There's 31 of them. And a lot of the months have 31 months. And so like I'm rereading a chapter today. I read the 18th chapter today and it's like, uh, it's my favorite thing to read. It's so simple. It's three to four minutes and it's packed with wisdom. So I would say the Proverbs. Awesome. Is there a book you've gifted over the years to people? Yeah, actually, you know what? I get, it's funny. Our common friend, at, I, so we do a thing and, and, and this is not a plug, but we do a thing called stage execution workshops. And in two days, we build out the entire campaign mm-hmm. for people. So they have a predictable system. You said that, like what we've talked about today is a predictable system. And the free gift that I'm giving you is a predictable system to win stages. And so the gift, the only book that I gift out to people is Giftology. By John Ruland. And yeah. here's why. Because one of the big ways that I've won stages is by giving gifts to people. Not bribing them, but by giving them gifts at the time when it makes the most sense. So like the campaign gives three gifts. It gives a gift after they've talked to you on the phone for the first time. It gives a gift if they told you no, which is kind of counterintuitive. Not yeah. this time or not this year, not this month. And then it gives a gift the week after their event because that's when they're the most tired. And so we have three parts of the campaign and it's all automated. Um, three parts of the campaign that gives a gift. So I give the book Giftology. I want people to be bigger givers in this world. And so I love John's book. Yeah. I gifted it to all of my clients. And yeah. it's funny how many of them have run with it. And it's, we could go off on a tangent here. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Our industry does gifting so horribly wrong where everything has a logo, everything's attached. It feels like it's attached to future business promises and everything in giftology is the exact opposite. Opposite. Yeah. So love the framework, love the book, love John. Good deal. Yeah, me too. So, All of the above for me. In fact, I think he pulled us aside and introduced us at Master. That's the reason that's why we're talking. Guy. I mean, that's he's just that type of guy. All right. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on this. What is something, Pete, that you would like to be considered absurd 25 years from now? Absurd. Wow, dude. I've never been asked that question. Um, can I ask you what yours is? <sighs> dude, you're flipping the script. <laughs> I'm curious if that's, you've thought about a, that. That's a first. Nobody's done that. The first thing that comes to mind, which, uh, by the way, I'm not letting you dodge this. We'll get back no, to No, no, no. Yeah, time. I will. <laughs> well, it was just last night. My wife, Sarah, and I... Um, I had Scott Harrison, so the CEO and founder of Charity Water, Charity Water, a couple shows back. And speaking of gifts, I like to send gifts to my podcast guests. Just, I mean, this is a huge investment of your time and your time's super valuable. And with Scott, I was like, what do I send? And then it was just in front of me. I was like, his goal is to give everyone on this earth clean water. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, why wouldn't I gift him that? So my wife and I made a contribution to his charity and we wanted to include our kids. And wow. so we watched the charity water videos last night just so they could understand, you know, they're seven and five. So they're still a little young to kind of figure it all out. And so I guess if you would say 25 years from now, what would I like to be considered absurd that there's people on this planet that things that we take for granted, like just turning on the faucet, that they're walking 
a mile, two miles carrying a 40 pound jug full of dirty water for their family. So I'd like that to be considered absurd. Yeah, that's amazing. I love what Scott and them are doing, what they do. I've had good friends work for them. I think, you know, I think there's maybe two things that come to mind, but the, the one that's probably most important to me is I am, I got the opportunity to serve an organization for 13 years that was all about compassion and kindness. Uh, Rachel Joy Scott wrote a paper called My Ethics, My Codes of Life. And she said, what if this world was actually really filled with compassion and kindness? And I kind of working with them for 13 years bought into that concept. And I would love to live in a world that's not full of anger and hate. I would love, I would love it to be, um, I would love the world to be filled with like compassion, like Wilberforce did in his days. You know, he restored ethics and compassion in his country. And I hope that we can get that back in America. I hope that the way that the, 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 the way that the negativity exists in our country today, 25 years from now, would be, it'd be absurd to think about that, that compassion isn't the leading driving factor in our country. And so it sounds, I don't know how to objectively do that. Like the water thing is more objective, but that's something that I would, that's the first thing that comes to mind. My son wants to end homelessness and hunger. So I got to buy in with him on that because of him seeing a homeless guy on a, on a church step one day. So that would be, I want to help. I'm continually helping Keaton do that on a local level. No pun intended speaking on the local level, but him and I are doing things on the local level and saying, Bubba, we got to stamp it out locally before we can take it you know, across the world. So that's another one that we actually tactically do things, go feed the homeless, go serve at the you know shelters and that type of thing in our local community. That's awesome. One of my huge things as a father is just how do you instill that in your kids that just less focus on yourself and more focus on giving to others. And it's sad. I didn't, I didn't do the best job when I was younger, but the older I get, nothing makes you feel better than doing things that serve others. So that's cool to hear. If only he knew someone that could book stages for him. I know. I know. His message out there. I know. Bro, I was reading and I read something in the Proverbs. There's no time that you feel better about life and about yourself than whenever you're serving. Like there's something that I read last week that just like, oh my God, that's so true. And it was really eye-opening for me. So yeah. But yeah, we need to go book him some stages for sure. (laughs) All right, Pete, this has been awesome. So here's my last question for you. What is the one piece of advice you can share with the audience that's led to your success? Wow. You know, I think there's a couple of things that have led to my success. I'm going to give one that's more uh, feel kind of, you know, that's just, it's, it's, I'm very passionate about what I do. Like I am so passionate about what I do. And that is a major contributor that coupled with a little bit of resiliency. I have a lot of friends that say you went through a really, really tough life. And I think that resiliency um, allows me not to get down on myself as much as maybe other people in my life might get down easily. I get down, but I think passion coupled with resiliency has really, really helped me. Um, I also believe belief is a huge thing, huge, huge thing, not just believing in yourself, but believing in other people. Like the people I tend to attract the most and get closest with in my life are those that believe in me and I believe in them. Like if you just saw the great Roger Federer who just won Wimbledon a couple of days ago, a year ago, people were saying he's done. His career is done. He's losing. He can't do anything. And he actually took six months off. And he said in that six months off, he had, they asked him the question as he won Wimbledon a year later, nobody, people said he would never win again. He was like kind of where Tiger was, not personal issues, but he was where in his career where Tiger is too, that he would never win. And Roger Federer said, I believed in my dreams and other people believed in me. 
And so I think belief is a critical thing to continually believing in those dreams. And so I, those are three key things for me. It's passion, resiliency, and belief, man. Those are huge parts of my success. That's awesome, Pete. Yeah. Pete, so thankful for yeah, you man. hopping on here and just sharing parts of your story, parts of your framework, how you've helped. I mean, it, I think you said your goal is 50,000 stages. So it is. I mean, you're crushing it, man. And just you're going to get there. I feel like any day now with just the passion you bring and the framework that you've laid out, this was just, I've got pages of notes on my side. So, well, here's what I would say to all the advisors watching this. Like, I didn't want to use this one because this is not what makes my success, but I'll tell you what's helped me be more successful since 07 is actually somebody putting me on a clear financial plan. And I've had a couple of advisors speak into my life to say, this is the things you should do, the things you shouldn't. And I'm just looking back now 10 years later and I'm looking at the accumulation of wealth. And I'm looking at like my whole life insurance policies and how much cash value I have. And this is not like a philosophical of what life insurance is right and what life insurance isn't. But I want to tell you what, there was a couple of financial advisors the last 10 years that kind of set us on the path. And now 10 years later, Kim and I have uh, eight eight real estate or eight uh, rentals where we were trying to pursue everything that everybody threw out our way. Like, go get oil and go do this and go do that. And I'm thankful for a couple of financial advisors in my life that helped me get really locked in and laser focused. And now 10 years looking back, this is what we always tell you. You always tell your clients like 10 years from now, you're going to wish you did this. I'm glad 10 years ago that I made that investment into a financial advisor and really trusting him. So I believe in what every one of you are doing. Um, and I, I want you to reach more people because by changing people's finances, it can change their life. So thank you for what you do. And I really hope that you will take action on and going and getting more stages locally. Pete, that's awesome. Thank you. And our paths will be crossing, I'm sure, very soon in the future. So thanks for bringing by and and sharing all the knowledge. Yeah, man. Thank you. Take care. See ya. Thanks for sticking around to check out our latest show. Here's this week's featured review. This one comes to us from Jay Rule, who says, the best leading the best. Not sure how Brad managed to attract heavyweights like Hyatt and Carson so early in his podcasting career, but he delivers the goods on each and every podcast. Can't wait to see what the rest of 2017 holds as I'm a fan. Jay Rule, thanks for the kind words, my friend. Michael Hyatt, Ron Carson's episodes were definitely two of my favorite conversations from two guys that I really respect. Not only are they brilliant, but they're just good people overall. And the good news is there's still a few months left in 2017. So I'm going to do my very best to keep delivering from my side as well. So that's it for this week's show. And for those out there who are loving the show and maybe have another financial advisor buddy who could use some great ideas sent his or her way, do me and potentially them a favor and email or text them your favorite episode so far and just tell them to give it a listen. I'd really appreciate it. It'll help spread the word and spread these ideas from some of our amazing guests and help other financial advisors out there. Thanks for listening to this week's show. And I will catch you next week. Take care. The information and opinions contained herein are provided by third parties and have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Advisors Excel. The guest speaker is not affiliated with or sponsored by Advisors Excel for financial professional use only, not to be used with the general public or in a sales situation.